Hi guys and welcome back to the Female Fitness Podcast. We're your hosts, Sammy and Danny, and today we have Amelia Thompson on the podcast. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about nutrition, a bit about intuitive eating, and I think a lot of you guys will benefit from this. So to start, Amelia, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, yes. Um, this is a bit that I always waffle on. Um, I am um, a registered nutritionist and nutrition consultant. So I predominantly, my main job is really one-to-one working online with clients and um, specializing in improving people's food relationships. Um, but my background is sports nutrition and exercise nutrition. So I've got a PhD in exercise physiology and I teach at certain unis in sports nutrition and exercise nutrition as well. So that's a really brief, brief kind of introduction to who I am. But um, yeah, nutrition is basically what I do full time. Uh, we're really excited to have you on the podcast. But to start it off, we'll ask you, could you tell us a little bit about the different approaches that you personally have followed in the past and your current approach to nutrition now? Yes. So I, you guys probably know that I used to compete. So um, I come from a background of uh, relatively disordered eating or rather not optimal eating practices before I competed. So that was the kind of classic uh, food relationship where you don't really eat enough and you do a lot of cardio that we know a lot of girls fall victim to at some point in their lives. Um, So that's kind of what I used to do. And I got into competing. So when I started competing, I did the classic kind of bro type approach. not excessively so that was very strict meal plan but it wasn't it wasn't as bro as some of the things that you guys will will have seen yourselves at some point it wasn't like chicken and broccoli every every day but it was pretty much a meal plan for 10 weeks 12 weeks um and then i did that with the first time i competed and then after that i kind of went more into flexible dieting so we know what that is so basically i did a full off season and then i did multiple preps with flexible dieting so I remember being at shows and people were like, oh my God, you're that person that eats crumpets and you were eating crumpets yesterday and now you're on stage or Domino's last night and now you're on stage or whatever it was. So I kind of moved into flexible dieting, but it was still very much like a trapped macro approach off season and on prep. Yeah. Um, and then after a couple of shows, I moved more into intuitive eating. So I stopped tracking in my off seasons and I just kind of tried to push my calories up as much as I could without tracking. Um, and we'll, we'll be talking about how we do that a little bit later on. Um, and now I don't compete anymore, and I just basically fully intuitive eat. So I haven't tracked anything for a couple of years, don't think, year and a half or so I've not um, tracked it. What, what caused you to make that shift into changing to intuitive eating? Um, the first time I did it was because, um, so you guys will know when you compete, a lot of the time it can trigger any sort of underlying uh, disordered eating patterns that you've got doesn't cause them it's not it's not you know they don't come as a result of competing but it can trigger certain things that are already there um, and so for me what happened when I competed a couple of times was that it triggered some poor food relationships that I had in the past and it brought them kind of back up again so I looked into I guess did some research like I'm a scientist so I love I love evidence and I love research so I did some research into what potentially could um, minimize binge eating and poor food relationships and one of those things was mindfulness-based eating and intuitive eating and so I kind of just started trialing it for myself and I found that it really worked um, and then I didn't do preps like that because you know yourself preps have to be really structured um, 
And then last year I just did a diet. I just tried to intuitively diet without tracking to see what I could do if I could get how lean I could get really. Um, and it was quite successful. I kind of got a couple of kilos off stage weight and then um, I kind of just have stuck with it. It's fun. I find it easy because I know food. So I don't yeah. really... And I think that's important as well. Like you have to have a certain level of knowledge before you go into intuitive eating as well, which a lot of people I don't think quite understand. Um, could you explain kind of like what is intuitive eating and how it might be different to intuitive dieting? Because they are two different things. Yeah. Intuitive eating is really removing yourself away from a kind of weight-focused, macro-focused approach. So it's taking away the obsession around numbers and it's very much tuning into your physiological hunger. So we, especially as competitors, we are very much in tune with we need to eat this amount of food at this time and, and that's it. And we kind of switch off those signals that say, I'm hungry or I'm full. Um, even if we haven't competed, a lot of the time if people are overweight, they've lost track of those hunger signals and, and fullness signals. Um, or if people are really underweight, again, they've lost track of those signals. And intuitive eating is really about re-establishing yourself and going, right, how do I know if I'm hungry? And giving yourself permission to eat when you're hungry. You know, how many times have you dieted and you're starving and you go, I'm still not allowed to eat. Yeah. And it's kind of the opposite of that where you go, I'm hungry for a reason and I'm going to eat. So it's just taking away any of the numbers and really just focusing on what your body actually needs. But that's a lot harder than it sounds. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and who, do, who would you say intuitive eating might be appropriate for and who it may not be for? so if you are we'll go with who it's not for probably first it's probably easier if you are looking to get really really shredded so i'm talking competition lean or close to competition lean intuitive eating is not going to get you there um because ultimately intuitive eating requires you to listen to your hunger so you can't get you know how hungry you have to get to get very lean you have to get yeah. bloody smooth. so you can't do that really intuitively um people that have People that have a really emotional attachment to food, usually it's not a great thing to do. Um, eventually, it's usually a good thing to do to transition into that, but going straight into that is not always beneficial. Um, people that... I used to work and say, you know, people that are overweight shouldn't intuitively eat. Nowadays, sometimes if, some, if somebody's really overweight, they can still intuitively eat and lose body fat to an extent if they are put enough work in to listen to their hunger cues. So the real ones are the ones that have the extreme goals. I do think most people can intuitively eat, but if you've got the extreme fat loss goals um, or you're just not losing body fat, then tracking is your best option to, to get you to that point. Um, it's certainly not an easier way to, to lose body fat. It's definitely not easier. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the thing a lot of people think it is easier and they'll just kind of transition into it without thinking about what they're getting themselves into sort of thing. And yeah. then they'll realize, oh, actually I'm not really making progress towards my goals at the rate that I wanted to. Um, and it's kind of different to what they actually expected. Um, and I think a lot of people also kind of get married to one approach to nutrition and kind of think if you're not doing one thing, it's wrong. But yeah 
I think, and I think you'll agree, you don't have to follow one approach to life for your whole life. Um, exactly. And your goals and priorities can change and therefore your approach to nutrition and training should change as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And exactly. a, lot, a lot of people just don't really get that. Yeah. Danny yeah. and I were saying that with our clients, because Danny used to be a one-to-one -one PT, I'm currently a PT. Um, they think that with intuitive eating, you can reach your goals. But I think first it might help you to kind of track a bit to get an idea and then potentially switch over to intuitive eating yeah and i mean there are some exceptions if somebody says to you i really don't want to track my food then yeah. okay then you then you have no choice and you say right intuitive eating is the way to go and actually there is a lot of evidence to say that dieting so just calorie restriction fails so something like 60 percent of diets fail long term people gain weight back again um because they don't have the intuitive skills that come with calorie restriction. If you've got somebody that as a client or, or you are somebody that's trying to lose body fat and you're learning the skills of intuition alongside tracking, that's amazing because then once you've got to your end point with your calorie restriction and your tracking, you can then start to implement more intuition and more intuitive eating approaches. Um, so yeah, it's usually useful, especially in our industry. So um, if we're talking about people that really you know that are training and really have these specific physique goals um tracking is usually at least initially a good starting point um and also for some people that have a lot of people under eat without even realizing so it's not just about fat loss a lot of people under eat and so intuitive eating for them um again they, they've lost sight of what's hunger and what's satiety so tracking so that you can see oh this is how much food is actually a maintenance amount of food that's actually quite a lot just to get them into that first of all and then starting to tune into the hunger alongside that is usually a really useful approach if you were like transitioning a client away from tracking amelia would you kind of have them track maybe a a large portion of the week and then have them not track for a few days and kind of transition away from that sort of thing yeah so there's different ways you can do it some people you can just immediately say right i don't want you to track for two days and they go off and they do it and they weight stable and it's great some people it freaks them out because they've been so attached to my fitness pal for however many years that they they can't physically get away from it so the different stuff you can do you can some people track vegetables for example so you can say right we're not going to track any vegetables and that just gets them used to their numbers not matching up on my fitness pal which for some people is already like oh my god my macros are off i can't cope so that's like a, a small little step then you can do things you can say right i want you to track the first four meals that you eat but at dinner i don't want you to track anything um, or you can do a day or you can do a weekend um, you can get people to eat their regular meals and say you know what the macros are so i don't want you to put it into my fitness pal so they, they're kind of intuitive eating, but they're not really. They're just trying to get away from that attachment to them, to the numbers. Um, so it depends on the person. A lot of people take quite slow transition to get out of it. And some, like I've got some clients that just go, I just don't like tracking. And then within a week, they're, they're sweet. So it depends on the person. Yeah. And I think some people are really attached to the control element of it. Like yeah. they just love to have control over absolutely everything. Yeah. Um, just have, you can just give them like rough guidelines, like have protein in every meal, make sure you're eating exactly. every four hours and then kind of fats and carbs you place around like when you need them really. Yeah. And that's a really good way of encouraging people to be more in tune with what they need because they'll find potentially that they're hungrier in the morning or dependent on your circadian rhythm you are potentially hungrier in the morning and hungrier at night so 
they start to learn that or some people get really hungry before after training or they find that they train better when they've had a huge carb meal beforehand and so learning that specifically for themselves is really beneficial so like you said just saying right i just want you to have four meals of protein and the rest is up to you that's a really good way of transitioning them out also, i think what's good with intuitive eating is like if you're someone like you said who may have struggled with an eating disorder if you think oh i need to eat my meals in the morning and you're not hungry it gets to the evening when you're actually really hungry and then you end up having to go off plan because you can't stick to the deficit because you're like i can't yeah i've, and I've it, had that issue before and literally just from like not eating in the morning and just moving it towards the evening which might not be optimal if you're looking for like op being optimal but at least it helped me stick into deficit yeah and i think as well with intuitive eating it removes the guilt you, you yeah, know definitely. intuitive eating is very much you have permission to eat and i say that quite a lot on my social media and stuff you have permission to eat if you want to eat you have that macro tracking stops that um, and so, yeah, we know if if you are if you are say morbidly obese, you don't. Yes, you have permission to eat whenever you want, but that's not necessarily what's best for you at that time. Whereas, you know, if you if you are a healthy body weight, you know you have permission to eat, and and tracking can kind of make you. As soon as you go off tracking, if you are you know stuck to your my fitness pal and you and you overeat according to your macros by you know two hundred calories, then you potentially will just go off on one because you think I didn't have permission to do that. Now I feel guilty. So I'm just going to go wild and do it anyway. And um, so it removes that kind of guilt attachment to it. Yeah. Um, what would you say, what points should people have in place before they transition over to intuitive eating? So firstly, I think you need to, it depends on your goals. So like we said, if you have goals of getting really lean, intuitive eating potentially is not going to be the best thing for you to do. Um, I think you need to have some awareness a, of what it is. And you also need to have awareness, and this is something that's probably a little bit off tangent, but it's, it's that the people that you see, for example, doing on Instagram, so say you, you've seen me and you, I've done intuitive eating for this long, and you look at my body and you say, I'd quite like to, have, I'd quite like to look like that when she, was, when she looked like that, I'd like to look like that. And she intuitively eats. What you need to always remember is that you know say i've me for example i've been training for five six years and you know i've tracked i've prepped i've yeah. bulked done it all so the way that i do my nutrition now and the way that we all do our nutrition now is not how we've always done it and as somebody that doesn't really know that and looks in someone's social media they can say i don't look like that so i'm going to do what they do that's yeah. not how we got to where we are and you guys know that because you've done yeah. different things in the past definitely i think that's so common because there's so many kind of like fitness modeling accounts and i'll have clients come to me for example that will say oh there i've seen them doing this can i try this or should i be doing this and i'm like no they've got to where they are because of what they've done in the past and now they might have transitioned to a more like lifestyle approach whereas yeah. they've been following like a bodybuilding prep for several years um so yeah you definitely need to consider that people may not look the way they do because of what they're doing right now you yeah. need to consider their past as well um, and also you develop certain habits like it's i think it's easier to start maintaining if you've been doing something and you kind of get used to it as opposed to just like jumping into it yeah, yeah I, I certainly couldn't eat and train well i train well but i couldn't eat like this and look like this if i'd always done it i would that wouldn't look anything like what i do now not that my body's goals but you know what i mean like it's it's not how i would look if i did this all along 
is what yeah. I mean. <laughs> um, so I just think that's something that people need to be aware of. It's probably not highlighted enough. Um, yeah. If, like I said, if you've got a strong emotional attachment to food, it's not always the best route to go down um, because if you're just not in tune with your intuition and your and your hunger and satiety signals, it can be really, really hard to do. That being said, if that is one of your issues, you should be developing those skills alongside some sort of tracking so that you can get, so you can move into intuitive eating, you know, when you're ready. Um, if you have a good knowledge of food, then, you know, if you know what protein is, carbs and fat are, then that's awesome. You're in a prime position to, to go and eat. So I imagine you guys, you guys have been tracking for a while. I bet you guys, I don't know if you do how much you intuitive eating you do, but I bet you could probably go off and do it, especially in your like improvement seasons. Yeah. I have periods of time where I'll transition off tracking, depending mm -hmm. on what my goal is at that period of time um, and what I'm doing. Like for example, around Christmas, I won't ever really track. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'll have periods of time where I don't track, periods where I do. If I want to do a mini cut, then I track. Um, but yeah, it just depends what my goals yeah. are at that time. And I think it's nice to have intuitive eating when you're traveling, for example, so you don't have to stress about the little things. Um, but personally, yeah. I've struggled also with a bit of binge eating before. So post-competition, I was trying to track and it actually made it worse. So I took a few months of intuitive eating and I actually found that that helped me kind of control where I'm at. Yeah, that's quite common post-comp. And, and some people find it easier not to binge when they track and some people find it just to intuitively eat. What you tend to find post-comp is that if people go straight into intuitive eating, what you tend to find, and I don't know if this happened with you, is that their body weight tends to go up and then it comes back down again after a couple of months when you so you have no control over your hunger after a show. You guys know if you've done any diet or comp prep or whatever it is, after that diet period, your hunger is way off because you are naturally physiologically hungry but you also have spent so long ignoring those cues that you don't quite know what hunger is anymore so yeah so generally if you go into intuitive eating straight after a diet or a show you your weight does tend to spike a bit but then it tends to come back down when you stop getting so hungry and you kind of start to learn about it and i don't know if that's what you experience but that tends to happen quite a bit with clients yeah. I've got. For me, it definitely, yeah, my weight did spike up quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, but I think it was more because I was going off plan. So I would be like, I had calories to hit, but I would go over them. So then one day I thought, you know what, I need to just like take a break from this. And I found that I started eating less, I think, just because yeah. I wasn't obsessing over anything. And if I were to wake up in the morning, I would try and maybe do a bit of intermittent fasting so I could eat towards the evening because that's when I get hungry. Yeah yeah and that's that's intuitive and that's intermittent fasting is, is a way of intuitive dieting and a way of intuitive eating really um it's just another name another name for it um but i think it's just really if you've got extreme goals intuitive eating isn't for you and i think that's the main the main distinction i get coaches other coaches in the industry coming to me and be like oh for god's sake Mimi, this person's come to me and said she wants to intuitively eat that's your fault and she wants to she wants to diet and whatever and i'm not doing it with her because it's not going to get her to where she wants to be and I think I think that's the main distinction really um if you've got somebody that's really overweight and they want to intuitively eat that can work for them they don't need to have that good knowledge of food you can teach them as they go they don't need to particularly know what protein fat and carbs you can say this is what protein is they've got so much fat to lose that actually intuitive eating might just get them to drop body fat it's very person specific but 
if just you're really working on those tools. Yeah, just mm -hmm. simple swaps and eating less calorie-dense food. Yeah, exactly. And all of that is intuitive. You know, intuitive eating is just is kind of just a, a name for eating what you eating what you need. And it's just that in our environment, because we've got we make something like two hundred food decisions a day. So by the end of the day, that's everyone. By the end of the day, you're completely tired and you're making crap decisions because you've made two hundred by the end of the day. So it's our environment. We're taught not to do it. So it's it does work for everyone. It's just about how you how much you develop those skills. Yeah. And I think another another thing people need to remember is intuitive eating to maintain is different to intuitive dieting to try and lose weight as well. Because yeah. sometimes people are going to intuitive eating thinking that you're never going to be hungry and you can have whatever you want. But when mm -hmm. you're intuitive dieting, you do have to be aware that you need you need to be hungry to a certain extent if you want exactly. to lose a decent amount of body fat. Exactly. And I think I did a post on that before when I did it last year. So I think I probably, I didn't weigh myself. Part of, be, part of intuitive eating is really taking obsession away from not only macros, but, you know, scale weight, Fitbit trackers and all of that. Um, and just trying to remove yourself from all of that kind of obsession so you can focus on other things in life is, is basically the benefit of it. Um, but it's it, intuitive eating. I, uh, intuitive dieting, sorry, like I called it intuitive dieting when I did it last year because I wasn't tracking and I was just doing it according to what I thought I needed. As a term, it's probably not the best term, and that's that's yeah. like that. I called it that. But you're basically just going hungry, and it's the opposite of listening to your intuition, isn't it? You know, your intuition says, I'm physiologically hungry, I need to eat. When you're dieting, you're going, physiologically, I need to eat. Intuitively, I know that I should be hungry, therefore yeah. it's working. So intuitive dieting is probably not the right term, that, I, and I've used it, and I st still probably use it as a kind of colloquial term to describe what I did which is basically just going hungry you're like oh I'm hungry this is a good thing um which is again in itself the opposite of intuition but it's they are very different things and yeah. if you want to lose body fat if you want to lose a substantial amount of body fat yeah. diet it's very hard to do it when you're not tracking yeah. if you're of a healthy body weight as it is if you're a bodybuilder it's definitely not optimal because you could get away with like staying on higher calories, having better performance in the gym, yeah. as opposed to intuitive eating, thinking, oh, I need to feel a bit hungry, but maybe you're actually eating too little. And then it's well, yeah, and exactly. And obviously we know for, you know, to maintain muscle mass and to lose fat, you can't eat too little calories. However, like you said, if you eat a certain low enough amount that you stop moving and you stop being able to train hard, then it does become detrimental. And i when I did it, I definitely ate less than I did when I was prepping and tracking, 100%. Um, but I had also more success and I lost fat faster. So, and I know other people that do it in the same way that, that no food. Really well. well, like mentally. Exactly. And, and, you know, I was dating someone at the time who was on prep and he was tracking everything. So I could just go for dinner with him and, and I would just, I would know that I was dieting without having to worry about it. Whereas he sat like, oh, I can have this much cheese and whatever else it was so it's it's nice and you still make progress so it's 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 good if you can do it but it but it's still dieting you know you still have to go hungry it's still an effort and if you are going to that level you do need to know what protein is if you're going beyond you know if you're going below a healthy bmi or if you're going towards the bottom end of a healthy bmi you you start to need to really know what protein is and what your macros are because then you will start losing muscle and your trainer will suffer um, so it does depend on your start point whether you know dieting intuitively is going to be optimal for you yeah 
do you think you could intuitively diet for the stage if you really put your mind to it like (laughs) I didn't think I could but then last year like I literally just before I went to California last year I didn't realize so I got to that you know when you are very lean and you don't realize how lean you are I was in that stage and so again the guy that I was dating at the time was like you you're pretty much stage ready and I was like no I'm not I'm definitely not I can't be I'm not tracking and then I actually took all my photos and stuff and I was probably about two weeks off stage so I think I could do it um but psychologically that would be really hard to step on stage knowing I had never like tracked anything I think I'd be like well I'm not sure but I kind of wish I had done it last year just so that I could prove that I could do it but now it's like no <laughs> it's interesting because I don't think I, I I don't know of anyone that's ever done it really no I don't but I think I don't people go on stage without knowing their macros because they follow some crappy yeah. bro plan that doesn't have them but um yeah I don't think they have but I don't think that I don't think it'll be for me to do it so there's a challenge for someone else to do it yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would be interesting to see though like definitely yeah I think you could do it if you're really in tune with it but then, I, but then like I say like I studied nutrition for years and years and tracked for years and years so I'm obsessed with food so I know I kind of know what I'm eating without really counting anything yeah. it's like you can't really unlearn it once you've learned to yeah. you almost track everything in your head without even having yeah. to market to pal. that does go though I have hit that stage now where I don't like there are certain foods now that I eat that I have absolutely no idea. You know yourself, even when you're intuitive eating, you kind of are like, oh, this is probably roughly 400 calories. Yeah. Um, but now I don't. Now I don't have that at all. Which is, it, but it's taken a couple of years to get out of. So I could, I could easily eyeball most plates of food and like tell you how yeah. many calories there are on the plate of food. Yeah. yeah. Or sometimes I have like a sweet potato and I'm gonna measure it. Out. I'm like, I bet it's gonna be like 200 or something, and it's like 196. Like, yeah. Like, yeah that used to be such a prep win you'd be like oh yes I've nailed it now it's like that's really sad (laughs) but yeah Uh, also I think intuitive eating is probably good for people who have families so like moms busy moms for example who you know are cooking a big dinner for their family you know it's nice to have that because then they don't really need to think about that exactly and you can do things like you know, like we said before, you can track. So if you've got a mom and I've got, I've got clients who live with their family and they, they have big families and I say, right, your macros are this and this up until, you know, three o'clock or whatever it is when they've always got structure every day. And then you say, right, then you've, then that's it. Go intuitively eat for the rest of the day. And, and then they can, like you said, you, they can have dinner with their family or whatever it is and not stress too much about it. And still, these are fat loss clients that have to do some things like that and, and they still drop body fat. So it's about having a blend you know this kind of whole culture now like we were saying of kind of you either track um or you are anti-diet and tracking is the worst thing in the world those two really um dichotomous groups are really really detrimental to people understanding what they're supposed to do with their nutrition because yes we know we need a calorie deficit you know yes we know diets don't always work for everyone but you don't have to be one or the other yeah. um, and that's that's where I'm struggling actually myself and you guys will see the messages and I'm struggling with it seeing it on my Instagram because I follow people who are intuitive eaters and I love them but then they'll put up a post and say dieting is the devil and you know protein cheese is the worst thing in the world or whatever it is which is one that I saw today and then you've got people that are like calorie deficit is all that matters intuitive eating is just the posh name for you know eating what the hell you want and that's also not true so yeah. there's a time yeah. and place for each approach I think and people have got to bear that in mind it's 
like for example sometimes i'll intuitive eat but sometimes i'll be tracking my macros to the ground when i'm at the end of a contest prep and it just depends what's appropriate for you at a specific time in your life and what your yeah. goals are um, exactly. and people need to stop like shaming other kind of camps mm-hmm. it's okay to understand that it's okay to kind of sit in the middle and have a blend of the two like you said that's exactly it and you and you can and like you said so you can you can be all intuitive and all in intuitive eating if you want but ex- respect that some people need to track to stay accountable and, and that's what works for them and that's great you know it's it's the people that are against tracking tend to be the people that cling to this research that says diets don't work but the all the diets all the diets and research that's the, the ones that kind of come across you come across that say that people that they failed those are the diets that have basically gone into a calorie restricted period but they've had no nutritional guidance and no nutritional support the diets that are calorie restricted and tracked with nutritional support are less likely to fail and that's basically what we're supposed to be doing as nutritionists and coaches now is we're supposed to be giving them the nutritional support alongside a calorie deficit so that they don't fail the diets that fail are the crap coaches out there that give meal plans and don't support them and say grind harder when they don't drop body fat and all of that rubbish exactly because they don't learn why they're succeeding with body fat as they're doing it they just accept exactly. it with following the diet plan so as soon exactly. as you stay away yeah. from that it's like and what people don't realize is that really your body doesn't know what you're doing you know it just <laughs> so yeah exactly yeah and yeah. that's what exactly. you feel like as well i think when yeah. you followed your meal plan originally yeah whenever you did anything away from the yeah. meal plan so i was doing like a really bro approach so like you know strict meals and stuff and like i mm-hmm. felt like yeah if i went off plan or something it's like oh that's it i i've fucked it up <laughs> sorry for swearing but <laughs> so i think having that th- uh, flexibility to it and then sometimes having the intuitive eating potentially will help you yeah. yeah exactly it's just about having the spectrum and teaching and, and learning the tools whether you work with a coach or not even if you're working on your own and dieting you owe it to yourself to learn the tools and there's so many good you know instagram pages and stuff out there now that, that support you in doing that you've got no reason to be naive to all the benefits all the kind of tools that come with dieting that you need to learn regardless of whether you've got a good coach or nutritionist or whoever it is and just being aware that there's lots of ways that you can do things yeah do you ever get someone who's say they're in like intuitive diet i'm just going to use that term um and then they transition back to tracking because they decide they want to like take it a bit further in terms of how lean they're getting and whatever they want to achieve i've never had that i've had some clients that go from post-show and they go intuitive post-show and then they compete again and then they go back to tracking so i've never intuitively I've never intuitively dieted somebody. I've never intuitively dieted someone maybe once or twice and that's it. I have a lot of clients who intuitively eat, but they but they tend to not be strong fat loss clients. They're not really aiming for a lot of fat loss. Maybe a couple of times I've had that. Um, and once they get to that stage where they're intuitively eating consistently, they don't tend to want to go back. Because yeah. uh, intuitive eating, it, it just allows you to reassess your values you know, you look at your values in your life and once you've successfully done that, you realise how much more present you can be and socialising and you can enjoy your other values in your life and you're much more grateful for everything else in your life that you kind of realise that tracking, you don't have the energy for tracking anymore. 
and it's not important um, and you, you take the emphasis away from your body comp because you already feel good about yourself because everything else is so good in your life not because you're just not tracking your food but all the work that comes with intuitive eating and, and things like gratitude and all of that and mindfulness come alongside intuitive eating if you're doing it right um, so no apart from post show and then prep again I've never had anyone go back to tracking um, yeah which I can understand because obviously I'm not going back tracking ever. So I, I do get it. <laughs> yeah. And I guess if you like, if you see results and you're happy with them, that's going to obviously not want you to go. It will, it's going to prevent you from going back to tracking. Yeah. Realize, you know, I can still get yeah. to where I want. Yeah. And I think the people that tend to start to enjoy intuitive eating tend to be the ones that don't have extreme fat loss goals anymore. They, they, be, they just have other goals. And although it's scary to move away from it, they realize that they're healthy and so they don't again I speak about this quite a lot it's like why are you why do you think that you're going to be healthier at a lower body weight when you're already at a healthy body weight what, what's your purpose of then dropping more body fat if your BMI is 23 why do you think you're going to be happier or healthier with a BMI of 19 you're not so um they tend to move away from those goals so once they see that they're maintaining a healthy body weight it's like why would they, they don't need to track anymore because they're good yeah and I think eventually like I probably won't track eventually if I when I stop competing because I'm not yeah. going to compete for my whole entire life yeah so eventually I'll move away from tracking and that's okay yeah. like I'll exactly and tracking probably helped you you know learn more about food yeah and make definitely. better choices yeah and I think you're so yeah if you compete tracking is pretty much essential I haven't proven that I can do it yet so I'm not I can't we're saying it's pretty much essential um but also, I think everyone should probably track at some point just to get an idea of what foods are. Yeah. Some yeah. people will do it for years and some people will do it for a couple of months and they'll be like, right, I know what protein is. I mean, that's fine. But I do, like, it is very beneficial for most of us. But then it's the same thing for, like, you know, people that go on coaches' plans that get the meal plan but don't get the macro breakdown, they, they should be tracking as well, but they're not. And so they're... Yeah. not. That's not even intuitive eating. That's just learning about food and, and they should be taking that responsibility for themselves and, and, and logging the food that their coaches give them and learning about food. So everyone does have a responsibility for themselves to learn a little bit about food. But that's not possible for everyone. You know, if we go way beyond our little bubble of fit people, you know, you've got people in really low socioeconomic groups that don't have my fitness pal. They don't they can't even get to a supermarket. So like that's a whole other issue and intuitive eating might be the only thing that they can do or want to do so that's a whole other that's a whole other kettle of fish yeah. definitely <laughs> do you have anything else you'd like to add amelia or anything you want to talk about? something maybe valuable for people who are listening oh god no pressure <laughs> um, if necessary. <laughs> to be honest i just think I don't think there is much that that we've not covered. I just think that everyone has to, if, if we bring it back to social media, I think that everyone kind of has to look at it with awareness and look at all of this, these diet types with a bit of, be mindful of what they're looking at and say, this person could be lying. High chance that these people are lying. This person could be hiding an eating disorder. High chance that someone's hiding an eating disorder. You know, these, this person does this thing now. So I eat a Domino's pretty much every week. And every single time I put it on my Instagram, someone says, do you, do you eat that or do you just taste it? Yeah, I eat it. I eat it all. But if I did that every week for my whole life, 
I would look different to what I do now and I would feel different to what I look now. And so looking at people with that mindfulness that they, they don't always do that. Um, and also just being aware that people don't show everything on social media. I could eat a Domino's, but I've not shown you the egg white omelet that I had for lunch because it's boring and, and I'm burning it all the time. So I'm not going to put it on my social media. So I just think it's really important. And you guys, you guys talk about this. I know that you do. Just being, expecting people to be honest with you. You know, yeah. people don't owe you anything. They don't owe you honesty. It's nice when we are honest, but not everyone wants to be. And that's fine. They don't have to be. Yeah. And a lot of my, like, a lot of my clients will, on the odd occasion, feel as though they're kind of, like, failing when they aren't absolutely, like, nailing and optimising everything just because it appears that everyone else is, but it's no really one is. not the case. Like, yeah, nobody is. I'm <laughs> like, my life is not perfect. <laughs> you don't post the boring stuff, like you said, and yeah. you, don't have, you don't have to either there's no one forcing you to post absolutely every second of your life and you don't do that yeah um, and it's really important to bear in mind when you scroll in social media that you're not seeing every moment of someone's life yeah and also what i think actually and i don't know if you how how aware of this you are or how much you notice this but i think what there is at the moment especially with younger so like probably your age group of competitors and things um who who talk about being honest but they're more dishonest than the people that are clearly dishonest and those are the, the that's the subgroup of people that i think that everyone especially young women need to be really aware of you know the, the girls that say i'm going to put my heart out there and this is the situation when it's so much not the situation that it's even worse than just not saying anything at all because it's like i'm going to be honest but i'm going to be honest with a big fat lie yeah um, and so i just think you know and I have these you guys will have this discussion with your clients and I have this discussions with my clients I have people say to me this person has said this and, and I know that person I say that's that's bollocks that's not true but they've said oh but they were honest in that post and I just think yeah we all have a personal responsibility to choose who we follow and to take everything that we see with a pinch of salt even stuff that I say I'm honest but I don't tell my whole life on there you guys are honest you don't tell your whole life on there because yeah. you don't want to <laughs> like you have a right to your own privacy it's good to be honest obviously mm. but no one posts every second of their life and every little thing that goes on yeah exactly and the more people that the more as people start to you the more honest you are the more people expect of you as well like i had a something go on in december and i was like had a like a minor operation and i had some health issues and i didn't say what it was and i didn't feel the need to and i the number of people that said could you please just share it so that we feel that we can relate to you more? I said, no, no, it's a personal, it's a personal situation here. But it's, it's that expectation that people have that everyone wants to be honest and everyone is, even the most honest of us are not. So I just think, especially when it comes to nutrition, it's really important to, to realise that you have to find some trusted sources and stick with them and kind of take everything else with a pinch of salt, unfortunately. 100%. Um, and like follow who you who you want to follow on social media who like aligns with you and yeah. who you think you know you can trust and you can gain some value from not people that yeah. piss you off or you know yeah. <laughs> or make you feel crap yeah you know exactly. someone will send me a post and they'll say look at this bullshit and then I'll go on the page I'm like why are you following this person when you know yeah. that it's crap you know personal responsibility is a huge thing so you know you we all have we're all adults 
we all have a personal responsibility about who we follow. We can't control what other people do, but we can control what we expose ourselves to. Yeah, exactly. I completely agree with that. Um, but now, have you got any questions for us, Amelia, or anything like that? Oh, God. Personal question, really personal question, is what is uh, competing plans? That's what I'm interested in because you're you're taking a year off, Danny. Yeah, I'm compete. I'm gonna compete in 2020 with the okay. PCA and two bros. Um, so yeah, taking yeah. this year off. Okay. Yeah, and okay. I'm also gonna compete next year because I had a really bad time. So I've only competed one season. Okay. I had a really bad time post show. I gained like lots of body fat. So I'm not sitting at a good body fat as a starting point. So right. I, need to, I need to gradually bring that down. And I think have a few phases of maintenance uh, rather than just yo-yoing because I can't say that I've maintained like at a lower body fat for any point. So I, I think that's really, 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 really good point. Um, the fact that you're like, you, you know, you might be eating more calories, but you know that it's not your maintenance. And yeah. I think that's really interesting. And I know that a lot of people think that, they, you know, they'll, again, they'll put on social media, I'm maintaining at 3000 calories a day. I mean, you're not because you're getting body fat, but yeah. that kind of naivety of thinking, well, I'm eating this much so I can, I can prep on two and a half thousand calories or whatever. Yeah. Probably can't. I mean, you can't, let's be honest. And I think that like what, both of what you're doing is really good, actually, in, a, in the least patronising way possible. But I think that that's really important, that kind of awareness and getting yourself back to like that optimal place before you yeah. compete again. Um, more know, and more people are doing that. Oh, sorry, you saying as well, um, since, because we've both like kind of obviously took a long improvement season and we have put it out on social media, clients that have come to us are more willing to mm -hmm. take time off um, yeah. so that's really nice to see as well. We yeah. Really I do think there's a shift now. There is becoming this more shift. And I, like I, what I'm finding that one of my roles seems to be now is pick, picking people up after shows, helping them sort of feel a bit better. And then they go off and prep with someone who's going to push them harder than I would. And that's, that's fine. That works quite well. But there does seem to be this shift more towards people that are willing to do that and put their health first and and that's admirable and it's what everyone should be doing and it's I think that some of the coaches that kind of stop that from happening are less prominent in the industry now which is really great um, so I think all of that helps and seeing people like you who, who a lot of younger competitors are going to look up to do that is going to be really really yeah. really beneficial and I've openly convinced like a lot of I've said to a lot of people like I'm not going to prep this prep you this year if yeah. you want to prep I'll take you on, but you're taking the year off. <laughs> yeah, that's um, exactly the same as me. Because you can't, because I've, in the past, when we when I first started, I'd sort of say, yeah, let's just do it. You feel like you're ready. And then it never ends well for anybody involved. So Yeah, exactly. And it's yeah. so important to make sure that not only your like physical health, but your mental health is in a good yeah. position before doing something like, you know, yeah. fat loss yeah and that's just that's not just not binging for a month that's consistently not eating not binging for six months it's not just a quick fix like that um i get it everyone wants to jump back on stage straight away but well most of most of us do when we're active competitors obviously we all want to jump back on stage but not many of us are ready to just take a couple months off and then go straight again it's very rare that that's going to be the best thing to do i even have moments like i'll openly say i have moments where i'm like oh aj i just want to compete this year but i know yeah. it's not the most sensible decision 
yeah but that's because you love it and you're good at it so of course yeah. you're going to feel like that that's I'm sure that's pretty natural I think yeah I'm sure I've been like that at some point <laughs> yeah exactly you have your moments everyone has itchy feet but you yeah. just take a step back and think about what's logical and that like, yeah. and think about your long-term health because I think that's really important as well yeah I can say from you know as a 32 year old like like how old am I um yeah like I didn't care five years ago that my period stopped for six months I didn't really care I didn't want babies I was doing my work and stuff when I turned 30 31 and I didn't have a period for six months I was like oh my god what am I doing to myself and it's not competing's fault it's it's dieting's fault and it's the process and all of that stuff but it becomes you know your values change at different times of life and 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 everyone should have health as a value first it's just that when you're younger it doesn't seem like such a priority and you've got you guys have got your head like fully screwed on and I think that some people maybe lose that a little bit with competing and and all the kind of external validation that comes with competing the health kind of slip away and when you're 32 and you're and you're not got a period then you're going to care about it so what you're doing now and getting it all optimal now is the best thing you can possibly do and I wish more people did it <laughs> yeah definitely 